0: Here's your host, Carissa Sims.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Rima Benario. Dr. Rima is a dream weaver. I'll have to figure out what that means. We'll dive deeper into that. Soul coach and wild heart healer. Who draws from accumulation of thirty years of her own evolution to help women experience personal wholeness relationship harmony, and material abundance yay that's all that's it that's like relationship wholeness material abundance in our lives that's that's all we need. Rima specializes in the arena of personal sovereignty. And I wanted to share this synchronicity. I'll share it later after I do your intro and the challenge many women face in maintaining a healthy balance between caring for others and caring for themselves. Her doctoral work in transformational psychology informs her coaching workshops, online courses, and guided tours to historically sacred places and supports women to shed their fears, embody their feminine power, and manifest their deepest dreams. Her book, The Seven Queendoms, A Soul Map for Embodying Sacred Feminine Sovereignty. Welcome, Dr. Benario.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Yes. Yes. I'm so
1: excited to talk with you. And I just have to share, I was like going to spray myself with this perfume and it's like Celestial's sovereign shield. (laughs) We're talking about (laughs) sovereignty. I thought that was a synchronicity. And all of a sudden, like these crystals, these crystals that I took to Egypt were like lighting up. It's like, you have that frequency. And then um, the goddess cards also, they're like, bring the goddess cards. So it's just interesting sometimes um, how uh, synchronicity can happen like that.
2: Absolutely. I think that's one of the ways that the divine feminine speaks to us is through these moments. Um, Sometimes they're like goddess winks where she's sort of reaching out and saying, yep, I'm here. I'm here. Oh,
1: that's beautiful. Goddess Winks. Because I'm familiar with that book, When God Winks. And so now you're going to have to write the next book, When Goddess Winks. (laughs) right? Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to hear about your book and everything that you're doing, these incredible feminine, sacred adventures too. What is, I want to explore the question, what is sacred sovereignty to you?
2: Well, I was, I think the first thing we have to do is look at what sovereignty itself means, which is really about being in a state of self-governance that's free from outside influence and a space of feeling like you have complete Authority over yourself. And I mean, there are many, many places in the world. Really, I'm not sure there's anywhere in the world where we as women are not still working on being in our own sovereign spaces where we have complete autonomy over ourselves. And sacred feminine sovereignty is taking that a step further and inviting us as women to understand ourselves as more than just the human beings that we might know ourselves to be, but as extensions of the sacred, extensions of the divine that, that all of us really here on the planet are, are expressions of divinity. And how we can tap into that sacred feminine sovereignty really allows us to go more deeply into a kind of sovereignty that's, that's beyond that which can be found in the, in the regular world.
1: Hmm. And, and what do you mean regular world? Do you mean like other realms, other realities, or it's just like stepping into a new reality where maybe we're not suppressed or don't feel like we have to be masculine all the time. What do you mean by that?
2: I think it will vary for different people. Uh, For some people, they're sort of ready for the 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 very expanded thought processes that can include getting to know other dimensional realities. If that's something you've played around with, you might have a sense that there are energies, beings, ways for you to sense into your own, uh, you know, well-being that Mm. are extended beyond your own personal life and your own personal body. For other people, that just doesn't fit at all. They have no experience with that. And so we're really talking about Stepping into seeing your personal life as it is today as a mythic experience, as an experience that's like a journey that we're on. And that journey is to really express the depth of our soul while we have this one life to do it in, in this particular way so we can look at life and see all the challenges that we've faced as just nothing but you know problems and difficulties and bothers and Our whole focus is just trying to, you know, get to the end of the thing somewhat intact. Or we can see our life as a grand adventure and that every hurdle we've had to jump over and every challenge we've had to face was really part of weaving an epic story of who we've come here to be and allows us to express more deeply that which we have inside of us our greatness our wholeness our our particular kind of divinity that's unique to each of the people on this planet and when we look at life that way we get outside of ordinary regular everyday reality and we start to see a kind of reality that seems to be a little bit behind the scenes and it changes things for people it certainly changed things for me
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing your own story too. And do you feel like stepping into this feminine sacred sovereignty is only for women or um, people that identify as women? Or do you feel like there's a space for men to feel it too?
2: I don't know why I'm laughing, but (laughs) it's a great question and an important question, really. Okay. So all of us are an electromagnetic energy field. When you boil it down to what this particular physical world is made up of, scientists will say that the best definition they have is that it's a series of overlapping energy fields. That's what this actual reality is. And everything around us has an energy field. And As a being made up of an energy field, we have two poles. Actually, the deeper deeper teaching is we have four poles, but we're going to just talk about two because that's enough for now. I'll call
1: you later for the four. Yeah. Okay.
2: (laughs) And so that means you have sort of like a North pole and a South pole, just like we think of the earth having. And that allows the energy to move around us flowing in one of the poles and flowing out the other pole and so all of us have an in pole and an out pole and if you boil all of it down to the deepest clearest most concise understanding the feminine energy is the pole that draws in and the fe- and the masculine energy is the pole that pushes outward. Mm. So all of us have a feminine pole that pulls energy in and a masculine pole that allows us to send energy outward. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that if you are born into a female body, your poles run in a particular direction. Whereas when you're born into a male body, your poles run in the opposite direction. And so in this case, what we're talking about now is aligning with the energy, the way it runs best for us in our physical body. And so as people who are born into a female body, and we really need to understand there's a difference here between sex, which is male and female, and gender, which is made up. And we've broken into two categories of women and men. But really, there's lots of evidence for lots of cultures that have had many more genders, as many as five different genders. Oh, really? Yeah, that's fascinating
1: research okay mm-hmm.
2: yeah so because you can have very masculine men or slightly more feminine men or people who feel a little bit more androgynous more masculine women mm-hmm. and more feminine women right so all of that is sort of your gender identification it's mm. and this is why we're hearing a lot about the importance of giving people the space to be more fluid in how they perceive themselves mm. but but this we're talking about here is actual physical directions of the way that the energy moves. And so why this is important is that all of us need to be good at receiving in and all of us need to be good at giving out. It just Mm. so happens that if you live and inhabit a female body, it's very important for you to learn how to receive first and to uh, give from this place of luscious overflow because giving is a draining activity. Whereas the male body gets charged by action, gets charged by doing, loves things like uh, getting out there and being in in activity all the time and is drained when, when it's required to sort of pause and receive in. And so these things happen on a spectrum. So it's like understanding that you don't want to overdo either side of it. And it's important and useful, or certainly was for me, for to understand which way the energy charges your body. And there are also qualities that we associate with each of these energies. These are archetypal energies when we talk about the feminine as an archetypal energy and the masculine as an archetypal energy we're not talking about sort of the hollywood defined ideas of Mm -hmm. what feminine looks like or what masculine looks like those are just sort of made up things we're talking about universal truths that have to do with the qualities of these energies
1: Oh, wow. That's so powerful. I I felt like you did an hour lecture in 12 minutes about this. (laughs) That was very concise and, um, and beautiful because I got that visual of the polls. That's really amazing. So, okay. So you kind of explained, I was going to ask you the difference between masculine sovereignty and feminine sovereignty do you do you research that or talk about that at all
2: let's let's talk about this from the perspective of the qualities of each of these okay energies, so we can try and feel into a little bit here okay. so so feminine energy typically has it has both an active and a passive expression just like the masculine it's active expression is very much about flow it's a little bit chaotic and creative you can think of it like dancing fire if you will and then its passive side is more about stillness and spaciousness and softness and receptivity and also very powerfully the act of surrender Mm, love it Masculine energy, on the other hand, in its active state is about action and competency and logic and structure. Um, It's very much about doing being in the doing state where the feminine is more about in the being state. And in its. And in its passive state, it's about containment and structure, and these ideas of like setting up parameters and having rules. It's a little bit more rigid and a little bit more. Uh, a little less flexible in that way than the feminine is. So there are moments in time when we need all of these qualities. So we want to make sure that we've been developing ourselves so that we have access to all of these powers. And unfortunately, because we've lived in a culture that's been primarily masculine oriented and valuing almost exclusively valuing masculine properties, the feminine qualities of being, the feminine superpowers have have been underground and subverted. So that's why I focus more on supporting women in getting deep access to these superpowers because we want to expand our horizons. We want to expand our forms of power because the world has come to the point where we're seeing diminishing returns from an exclusively masculine form of power. And it's time to bring some balance to to our house.
1: And is that why you wrote this book? Tell me about your book, The Seven Queendoms. What inspired I this, you?
2: Sure. I, I wrote it partly because the journey that I went on to help myself recover from this over-reliance on my masculine energy was such a profound experience that I wanted to capture it. And as I began teaching the tools and techniques that I learned from my teachers to my students, I was watching how it was changing their lives as well. And it became very clear to me that this information is so life-changing and so unknown that it's important for me to get it out there in the world. And so the first part of the book, I tell a little bit about my story about how I grew up as a tomboy in a house that was really focused on masculine energy as the really the only thing of value. And so learning that I I adopted that as my way of being and how eventually through years of practice of being, you know, this sort of superwoman archetype of trying to do it all and have it all and be it all, I hit the wall, you know, I got to the end of what I could manage from that energy. And the journey that I went on to find something else, a different kind of engine, a different kind of energy source. And Mm -hmm. I discovered, the feminine energy source within me the shakti energy that lives within my human body and began to work with and align myself with that energy and then change the way i was showing up in my work in my family in the bedroom as a parent even as a friend And just energetically within my own body so that I was holding and offering more feminine energy. And that just was a relief, a massive relief to the level of exhaustion that I had felt and allowed me to value rest and cycles and a way of creating that's coming from the energy of flow rather than push and drive and domination.
1: Oh, wow. That's amazing. And can I ask you what the wall was? Was it a disease? Was it complete exhaustion?
2: For me, it was an interpersonal crisis that happened in my relationship. Okay. Uh, It was a moment when, you know, my husband and I, as much as we loved each other and were great co-parents, we had a lot of power struggles in our relationship because there was these two masculine energies trying to figure out how to had to be together. And it began to really take its toll on our life in the bedroom. Mm. You know, as I was aging, my body was sort of losing some of its, you know, sexual potency. Mm-hmm. And And that's a normal process. But when I layered on top of that, the fact that I was sitting in the wrong energy, most of the time, we just couldn't connect very well. And in a moment of, you know, beautiful vulnerability, my husband one day just looked at me after another (gasps) failed experience and said, honey, I would really like you to fix this. And we had this idea. That is so touching. (laughs) We both thought it was my problem. I mean, we later found out it's always a joint problem, but primarily there were issues that needed to be fixed first within me that then gave him access to looking at some of the ways he needed to adjust once once I got my energy in in a more soft and mm-hmm. open and vulnerable place then he needed to see oh if if you're going to stay soft and open and available to me then I have to be more mindful of my energy because you don't have all these shields up anymore you know you're not you know all armored up and And so that's some of what happens as we're trying to figure out how do we relate to each other in, in intimate relationship, if we're always armored and we're always protecting ourselves instead of being focused on connecting with each other, then, then there's a challenge there that has to be overcome.
1: Well, I think it's, that can happen a lot. I mean, I feel like you're not alone. I feel like that happens frequently (laughs) in relationships. And, um, yeah, it's just interesting because in, in prioritizing connection and, and maybe stepping into one of the archetypes you may talk about in the queendom in your book, then we can allow our partner to, um, take his place and we can kind of do more of a a dance where we can respect each other.
2: Yeah, absolutely. When the beautiful thing about these two energies, when they're in harmony, there's, they don't, they don't have to get one over on the other. Yeah. When I'm in my sovereignty, yeah. there's space for you to be in your sovereignty. It's only yeah. when I step outside of my sense of. You're not of sovereignty. fighting
1: and like exactly. fighting for your freedom. Okay, got it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And it and by the way, this isn't just something for people in a heterosexual relationship. It doesn't matter even if you're in a same sex relationship. Everybody has masculine and feminine energy in your in your point exactly so so when when you're relating there somebody's in the feminine energy somebody's in the masculine energy that usually creates more harmony and a lot more polarity which is a lot more fun and exciting and sexy and it doesn't matter who is the one who's holding that energy
1: mm got it oh.
2: You're, you're so
1: right and, and politically correct. So I appreciate you, you saying that about same sex, because, you know, sometimes we can get caught up in the identity. Oh, this is a male and they have to be masculine, but a lot of times it can be switched. So how did the idea for seven queendoms originate and evolve?
2: As I was stepping into my own journey of trying to be more sovereign and be more feminine, this, it was sort of two, I was doing two things at the same time. I was, I was wanting to be more feminine in my approach and pull on more of these feminine qualities so that I didn't end up exhausted all the time. And I was wanting to be successful in the world. And at the time I was running a couple of businesses and raising my daughter and in my relationship with my husband and wanting to be a good friend, all the things And so I began looking at these different areas of sovereignty. I looked at mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, energetic, um, as well as my, my Dharma or my work in the world and as well as sexual sovereignty. So I was looking at all of these different areas and I wanted to come at them from the perspective of how would the feminine approach these areas of sovereignty. And I found the queen archetype sort of by accident as I was uh, doing this work and looking at models for embodying feminine energy. I got really into the goddess culture and, and began looking at, The times in history when we saw the divine as feminine, we didn't see it as masculine many, many years ago and, and what that was like in those cultures. So I was doing a lot of research and there has been this resurgence of this understanding that we, we can't chop off half of the energy of the universe and say, that's not can cannot be seen as divine because we've put this sort of really made up human image for for god as this kind of old man energy our father energy that somehow the mother energy is not as equally divine and you you will see in some of the religious traditions they held space for both masculine and feminine forms of the divine But typically in the West, it's very one-sided. And so there was this whole journey to reclaim the feminine face of the divine for me. And as I was on that journey and looking at each of these areas, um, I found for myself the threefold goddess structure, maiden, mother, crone, as these different times in a woman's life. And I found them interesting because they were, very often decided based on the relationship the woman was in with the man like the maiden time you're sort of not about a, a man you're on your own you're in your own life and then the mothering time you're you're in a relationship where you're raising children and and doing this and then the crone time is sort of when you're finished with that and now you're just supposed to retire and leave the world to the young people and My daughter was coming to the age where she didn't need me quite as much. And I was so not ready to step into crone energy. And I found this missing queen archetype as this energy that sits between the mother and the crone, where we've finished up a fair amount of whatever our birthing tasks are and our our raising tasks, whether we're talking about actual children or birthing ideas, a birthing a career, raising raising our stakes in our careers, and then moving into a time where we've now get to reap the benefits of all of that, where we're empowered, we are resourced, we've got financial um, backing, many of us at this age, where where we know who we are, we know what we want, And it's our time to shine. It's our time to take center stage. It's our turn and our time now, rather than being focused outwardly all the time on others. And it's a very nourishing time and a generative time for women, which of course we can access these energies at any time in our life, but it's particularly meaningful for women who are in midlife.
1: Mm. So which queen are you or do we all have every all seven (laughs) of these queens?
2: Yeah, ideally, we are working to create a powerful relationship with all seven forms of the queen. And there's a quiz on my website. People can go to rimabonario.com and take the quiz where they can see what their strongest archetype is. And when you sign up to do that, we'll send you a little packet of information, which gives you all kinds of deepening exercises so you can really get to know your strongest queen. And then, of course, we want to dive in deeper and see which of the queens we aren't feeling as resonant with. Mm. That queen really needs some time and attention from us. And and of course, when you go through the book, it when you get to that section of the book, it's very much like an active book. It's not just something you're going to read for fun. You can go in and do all the exercises that are there that will support you and actually asking yourself the question, how... How good am I doing in these areas of sovereignty? And what what did I learn growing up about my own mental sovereignty or my emotional sovereignty? Was I respected as a sovereign being growing up? And what messages did I get so that we can start mm. to undo some of those messages and step into greater sovereignty for ourselves?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And if anybody didn't write that website down, I'll put her website in the show notes. So you can be sure to go and take that quiz and buy her book. And so just a few more questions. So how can discovering this queen archetype free you from imprisonment in your mind and body?
2: The first thing it's going to do is bring you into a, a more loving relationship with yourself a more compassionate relationship with yourself where you will be able to understand that there are reasons why you struggle there are reasons why the the life you you might be leading isn't the life you desire it might be a life you inherited or a life you were encouraged into against your own better judgment and stepping into sovereignty then once we have that happening for us, we can start to examine the choices that we're making from this softer, more loving place and using the capacity of compassion and nourishment and nurturance and softness. It's all part of what the feminine offers. We can start to dismantle the things that aren't working for us anymore and take more of an active stance in creating what it is we desire, magnetizing to ourselves the things that we really want to to have in our lives and then beginning to repel that which doesn't fit anymore. Mm. And and that
1: magnetizing, that is a more feminine approach because you are just being and then your frequency is attracting that which you want.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a draw inward, right? It's Mm -hmm. creating space to receive. And the quality of receiving and the act of receiving is she's, this is so, so important for the queen. She is in her whole world depends on her ability to receive really, and to be in that space of receptivity and learning how to receive is a really important aspect of this work. Learning how to receive graciously and without fear. These are things that sometimes we have to work on.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I was wondering, um, how have your adventures, your sacred journeys been? What are some of the places that you've gone to and how have people received them? Because I can just, I feel like they're stepping into this portal with you and they come out the other side, like,
2: a divine goddess. (laughs) It's true. That's what happens. Yeah. One of my very, very favorite places to take people is Egypt. I, I had my own personal connection with the goddess first there in Egypt. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's such a powerful place where we get to visit the temples and it's, it's a culture that kept alive this connection to the more feminine aspects of the divine. Mm-hmm. And we work with a lot of sacred oils. I I offer these Bloom Fine Egyptian oils that I import from my teacher who is in Egypt. And these oils help us to connect with the chakras in the body, the energy system in the body. And the chakras are connected to each of the queens as well. So it allows us to really be in a place of opening our body to information and experiences that are unique that we might not be getting in our everyday world. And when we go on these sacred pilgrimages, because we've stepped back from the world we live in day to day, Mm -hmm. we actually have a greater opening to do the transformational work so that when we come back, it's almost as though we're an entirely new person.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I went to Egypt for the first time in February this year. And, uh, I, it was a, it wasn't like an event that you have. It was, it was a spiritual journey and it just happened to be all women, but it was open to men and everything. Um, but it did happen to be just like five women. And, um, and it was really incredible. And I agree with you you kind of like when you go there, it's like remembering who you are. When you step into these temples, you feel like honored. You feel like you are women, you are a woman, and you matter, and you can be a leader.
2: Yeah. It, not only can you be a leader, but you're needed to be a leader in the particular ways that the priestess held that energy. Mm-hmm. There's so much so much depth in the understanding of the teaching around sacred union and how the masculine and feminine work together and that was part of the rituals and the rites that ancient egyptians performed and that's not just something found in egypt it's found all over the place and we're we're getting the great good fortune of having these esoteric teachings that have been underground bubbling up to the surface now for anyone who wants to find them and you can bring them into your life and make them come alive in the way that you're living.
1: So what does it mean to fully embody your, your body and who you are?
2: This was a really important piece for me to get I have, again, grew up in a family that for our family, we weren't sporty people. Um, We were more intellectuals. It was really all about how you were using your brain in our family. And so... I personally didn't feel a deep connection to my body, and I also had felt betrayed by it over the years because of challenges that I had growing up. And and so I thought of my body as a bother, like it was something like, oh, my gosh, you got to feed that thing and water it and exercise it. And I just didn't care, you know, like I just was too busy for any of that stuff. The challenge with that, of course, is that I didn't get to experience the beauty and the joy and the pleasure and the delight of this physical realm because I wasn't inhabiting the physical vehicle through which that comes in. And I energetically was not really present in my body much further than the, the, from the top of my head. And so I needed to take the journey to come into my heart and find my heart and open my heart and then go down deeper all the way down into my pelvis, into my um, womb space, into my yoni, which is the Sanskrit word for vagina, and actually come all the way down the legs into my feet and beyond and learn. How to root down into the earth energetically and feel myself actually connected on the earth. And I had one time had an energy healer say to me, "What well, you know? What is going on here? I can't feel anything below your knees. It's almost as though you haven't actually." decided to be here. <laughs> you know, so you might want to do a little work on actually choosing to be here and choosing to be in this life mm. and coming all the way in from a place of intention. And you know, this was showing up in ways where I was clumsy and bumping into things all the time and I I could sit down and work and Turn around and it would be two o'clock in the afternoon and i hadn't had anything to drink or <gasps> anything to eat i hadn't moved out of my chair. I was so completely disconnected from the needs of my body that I could push myself to do crazy things until you know the end would come, and then i'd end up you know in bed sick or whatever the case might be so being in our body it's it's not only important because we want to avoid situations like that but it's it's where so much of the pleasure exists and I didn't understand that early on in my journey so it was a real learning for me
1: yeah that's amazing that's amazing because that's it's different than feeling comfortable in your body you know and like being naked looking at yourself in the mirror it's just like a whole nother level of embodying who you are so what's next for you?
2: I continue to do this work with women. It's one of my favorite things to do is to hold circle with women who are interested in going deeper into this work. So I'm offering a couple of uh, things that are coming up. In fact, this November, I have one of my favorite things that I do. This is my second year to do it. So it's, it's becoming a staple now. It's called the Queen's Council, where I've invited 14 of my colleagues and teachers and uh, people that I admire, women that I admire who are feminine luminaries in this arena. And together we collaborate and created a powerful course that talks about each of these queens, but goes further than just talking about it, where we're actually doing practices. These are live classes where we're doing practices that allow us to embody, just like we were talking about, each of the qualities of these seven different queens. And then for people who want to go even more deeply into it, I have a women's circle that's an annual offering and that we open that up in December and we'll start classes, start meeting in January and it goes throughout the year. So that's women, virtual. Is that virtual? Uh huh. It's a virtual oh. course. I have students from all over the world who participate and it's a, a really beautiful way for us to, to really explore what it means to be sovereign and to bring each of these seven queens alive within us.
1: Mm, amazing. That sounds so incredible. And I'll be sure to put all those links in the show notes too, for those different offerings you have. And I just wanted to ask, what is Zen success to you?
2: For me, it's about understanding that I want to inhabit the energy of being first I want to know who I'm being. I want to feel with intention, the feminine energy of beingness. And from that place of deep connection to my soul, my soul self, my inner self, then I choose to move into action and create what can look like external success, but it starts with internal success first.
1: Wow. That's so powerful. It like almost brought me to tears. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and hearing about your book, The Seven Queendoms, A Soul Map for Embodying Sacred Feminine Sovereignty. And I'll put your website and how to buy your book in the show notes. Much Zen success on your journey.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate being here with you today.
1: Thank you.
0: That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Zen Success is also available on the radio in select markets through amfm247.com. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey. And join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen Success in life.